Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with Kim, and we have special guests today. So Kim, do the introductions. I will, and I will do a better job. Let's see. Um, So we have Suzanne Johnson and her son, Jake Johnson. Would you guys like to say hi? Hello. I'm Jake. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are really excited to have Suzanne and Jake with us today. Um, Jake is a student who's graduating from our local umbrella school, and he is in one of Sabrina's classes right now. And I've had Jake in my classes a couple times, and we have been very thrilled to work with Jake. And he's also done some really neat things at our school, which we're going to let him tell you about in a few minutes. And Suzanne has been his awesome mom, homeschool mom, cheerleader, scheduler, manager, everything, (laughs) which she will tell you more about as we get uh, more into things. Um, So Jake has an unusual skill set. He has extra special, wonderful abilities that are playing a part in his plans for after graduation. So Jake, tell us a little bit about what you're getting ready to do. So um, in the fall, I'll be starting my first semester at Harvard. Wait, like Harvard University. Yeah. Cool. Up in Cambridge, Boston. My days will be filled with chowing down on clam chowder. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. And um, I plan to be pursuing a degree in electrical engineering. Awesome. And what else are you going to do while you're at Harvard? Um, Yeah, I'm going to swim for them, too. Awesome. Uh, I made it onto the swim team, and that's going to be a really exciting experience. Yeah. Um, The moment I met the swim team, I just, like, fell in love with them. Uh, they treat me like one of the guys already, even though we've only met a couple of the times. And I'm excited. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be able to go up there for Admitted Students Weekend. And uh, I'll be able to uh, get to know them a little bit better, too. That is so cool. So how does somebody end up swimming for Harvard? No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, I've been swimming my whole life. And as I approached uh, you know, high school, all of my swims, because I'm a member of USA Swimming, all of my times are automatically registered with collegeswimming.com. Ah. And um, on that website, you, they list the rankings for the, uh, the entire country, like mm. um, the rankings for all the swimmers. And, and you're uh, up there. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, when um, junior year comes around, colleges are allowed to talk to um, oh. the swimmers. So when my junior year came around, uh, eventually Harvard contacted me and got to know each other, and I thought that that would be an awesome place to go. So I pursued the uh, admissions office there, and that was really, it was a little bit of a stressful period uh, working on that application, but it was definitely like really exciting when I got the acceptance, and um, I'm just really excited. And you look great in that crimson sweatshirt that you wear around here on occasion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that thing. Yeah, yeah. And you did a lot of hard work looking at a lot of other schools and did a lot of traveling and stuff your junior and senior year, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the thing is, with swimming, you're allowed to accept five official visits, meaning that they can pay for the entire thing. It's usually like an entire weekend where they fly you out to the school and they pay for everything. So I took all five of my visits and uh, that was just a really exciting time. It took him like the, my entire September of 2017. Um, 
So I was just like having a great time. Oh, but, <laughs> but Harvard was my number one choice throughout the entire process. And once I got my acceptance, I knew that was where I was wanting to go. That was it. That's so cool. Yeah. So Suzanne, you must be so excited for him, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, um, it's still kind of sinking in, not just where he's going, but that he's graduating. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, we're Give us a little bit of this. your backstory. What's your homeschooling story? Did you homeschool all along? Did you jump in somewhere along the way? Yeah, there's a lot of different facets to it. Uh, we did not homeschool all along. Well, we homeschooled, well, for Jake, he started with kindergarten. Uh, he homeschooled from kindergarten to the end of second grade. Yeah. And then I had the opportunity to go back into schools to teach. I teach music. Mm-hmm. And at that time, my oldest was going to high school level. They were We were homeschooling all four of our kids. And it just seemed like, you know, after a lot of prayer and consideration, we thought, you know, I think we're going to school. So cool. we went, uh, it was a school out of our church. So we were already very well established and it seemed like a good fit. So um, we all went back to school. And then it wasn't until Jake finished middle school we realized that you know his training and his success in the pool were going to go up a few notches and the levels were going to get a little more uh, exciting, a little more demanding with the schedule. And so we started looking for another, another unique uh, alternative you know, to his traditional school schedule that we had done for a few years. Um, as good as it was, uh, we needed something that would really be flexible with his training and yet still academically challenging. And so we put our radar out and um, we, we knew homeschooling was probably the first best choice. And that's that's what we've done ever awesome. since. And it has been above and beyond wonderful and absolutely perfect for what he needed for training and his academics. That's great. Um, so we, we say all the time on the podcast because... <clears throat> We really, really believe this, that there is not one, one right, right way. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are a great example of that, that you made different choices at different mm-hmm. points along the journey based on what your family's needs were and yes. your kids' needs and the opportunities. So, exactly. okay, lots of people throw their little kid into a pool and teach them to swim when they're wee little lads and lasses. Yep. How do you get from that to, wow, looks like his training's really going to go up a notch and we need to, I mean, at what point in that process did you say, God gave him a gift and he's worked incredibly hard to develop right. it and it's going to go somewhere? You know, that was a long time looking back. It's funny, some things we see now looking back we didn't realize at the time. Even when he was three and started swim lessons, he had no fear, no reluctance, as usual is the case for, for toddlers sure. and babies. Mm-hmm. He loved being on his back. You know, at that time we thought, oh, he just loves the water and we need to really watch this <laughs> until he knows how to swim. So we were always, you know, holding tight to him and, until he could support himself. And then um, as he aged through the levels of the early swim years and early swim team, um, he always showed a lot of, of potential, not that we were thinking this long in advance yet, um, but he just was very, very good, very natural for him. The skills came natural. Um, he was fast, mm-hmm. even from, from the little, little guy. And uh, it wasn't until, it's a very good question, I'm trying to pinpoint, because I, I see milestones in my mind. I would say when fifth, I was- sixth, seventh grade, I mean, the passion had always been there, mm-hmm. but then it really set in 
He, yeah. You could just see he not only just loved to swim, but he was passionate about it. And the work ethic in the pool was beyond our understanding. Mm-hmm. And then since then, it's only grown even stronger and stronger. And he's just loved it. And he has given his all for it. And it shows. So. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, Jake, when you look back, what do you, what do you remember? What do you see as... When I was about 12 years old, I feel like that's where I made the next step, where I started to see myself on, like, the national leaderboards and different events. Um, but before then, I was just, like, your average Joe. And then uh, um, as, like, I aged through high school, I uh, just sort of kept on going, and I kept on having more fun and getting more experience, uh, meeting new people all around the country. And it was just, like... I was just loving it. And now, you know, I I went down to Lynchburg the like a week or two ago for a swim meet and none of my team was able to go, but I already knew like a couple handfuls of people uh that I could just hang out with even though none of my actual team was there. So hung out with like a girl from North Carolina and uh two two guys I know from Connecticut and that was kinda fun to have uh, those kind of connections available because yeah. of all the time that, that mm-hmm. you put in. Yeah. yeah, just like getting the support from the swimming community was just like awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has swim friends from coast to coast. Everywhere. And, uh, and not just the swimmers, but the other coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, they know he was there without a team and they stepped in as they if he were on their team oh, nice. and cheered him on and gave him advice and feedback. And That's beautiful. It's a great community. It's a family. Yeah. It is. Family. It is. Yep. Yeah, yeah it was really That's exciting. Very, yeah. Very nice. So what were some of the things about homeschooling once you uh, came into high school that worked well for trying to pursue the, the athletic piece of stuff? Because that's one thing we're hoping that people who are listening are... Um, maybe getting some ideas for how to find a good balance and a good fit mm-hmm. for their teenage athlete who you know may not be swimming but is is doing something really competitive and looking to to college athletics too so what um, either of you can answer i don't care what order. so it was it definitely provided a lot of like flexibility and time on my part i was able to attend nine practices a week and and not have to worry about um being in school all day because that may have been a little bit too much, just a little bit too tiring. But, you know, being at home, uh, getting my work done there, it's a little bit more of a restful and recovering environment between practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when we when we found Mount Sophia here for him, he um, it, it was, again, a natural fit, I think, from the beginning. Like he said, he's, he trains a lot every day and uh, almost – close to six hours someday between a couple training sessions so the just the coming and the going and the you know being able to be at home like he said and do all that work um and being doing it a little more restful not that he slacked at all on his academics he kept up with it um but just that he could have that that time and and do his own time management and fit it around his training as well really really helped and it was also it's nice to have um, just the flexibility with travel mm. as well and yeah, the support of teachers and administration who are very um, understanding and supportive of his travel schedule, too. That was a huge blessing. It's neat. I like the way you're talking about 
his time management and his work and all, because that's one thing that we see in you, Jake, and that we talk to lots of homeschooling families about is that once our kids are teens, we should be doing less of managing their lives for them and more mm -hmm. of coaching them to manage their own Absolutely. life yes. and their own schedule. And yeah. we see that in, in Jake at everything here at, at the Umbrella School that um, you understand that if you're going to do this, it means something else is going to have to be moved or compromised or fit in a, in a different way. And that's, mm -hmm. that's life skills, too. That's not yes. just swimming or academics. That's that's life. Absolutely, um, yes. Yeah. And, and you're such a good communicator, too. So, so many times, both for me personally, but as other teachers as well, I see you come in and you talk to people in advance and you would say, next week I'm going to be gone. Mm -hmm. What do you need me to do before I go? And what can I do when I come back? And I've seen you working furiously when you've come back to catch up. And yeah. you, you make, I, I have to say this cool story about Jake. He would hand me his phone in the mornings when he would get back from a trip and say, Mrs. Smythe, can you just hold this for me? I don't want to be tempted. I need to focus on my work. And I think wow. that's just <laughs> such a cool thing that you yeah. do. You it's just, one of my proudest moments. It is. It is. And it's it inspired be. me that sometimes I put my phone away now because Jake did that and it worked for him. So maybe it worked for me too. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do that at home. I'll just I'll play something on Spotify, like some nice background music, and then just put it up before getting to work. Yeah. Smart stuff. So what have been some of the challenges being a homeschooler and being a swimmer? Have there been any downsides to? The only thing that I ever had to do was watch what classes I'm taking. Uh, with NCAA eligibility, you're only supposed to take level three classes and above. Ooh. But that's never really been much of a problem. Most of the classes here are level three. And if they were level two, you can always do a, usually there's a step up plan where you do like right. an extra workbook or two, brings it up to a level three. Right. Yeah, and if you don't know what we're talking about with levels, um, there are whole podcast episodes dedicated to what are levels on a homeschool high school transcript and how do you decide what levels are and um, Jake you're making a very good point here that you didn't get to decide that and your mom didn't get to decide that and Mount Sophia didn't even get to decide mm -hmm. that NCAA decided what mm -hmm. their requirements were and we're mm -hmm. forever reminding people that you want to talk to the schools that you want to be considered by you want to talk to the, the bigger national powers that be to find out Absolutely. what requirements you're trying mm -hmm. to fill so that you don't get any nasty surprises yes. at the last yeah. minute. So. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's talk about life balance because we're talking a little bit about time management and ownership. And you are a very well-rounded individual. How have you made that happen with nine swim practices a week? <laughs> you know, I always uh, have to, like, prioritize different parts of my life so you know getting school done is a priority getting to practice is a priority sometimes certain things I can't go to because they have to be on the back burner for a while like uh, you know like if I'm invited out to uh, go see the movies or something if it's during swim practice most of the time I can't or um, you know if I just got back from a trip and I'm overloaded with homework sometimes I have to pass up on going out for pizza or something just because I gotta get the work done. But with the added time that I get from the homeschooling environment, usually, um, you know, I can just do my homework like during the morning when nobody else wants to do anything with me. <laughs> and I can go to swim practice and hang out at night times. 
So it's like usually a pretty good balance. Yeah, and you've been able to do a really nice job with friendships. You know, you've, you've got tons of friendships here. Yes. And, and yeah. You've got very friends all over the country. Absolutely too, right. so. yes. yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Suzanne, how much of that is, is your input? How much have you had to sort of coach that? How much of that is just Jake's personality naturally that he gets the balance thing? Most of it is all him. Honestly, with his work ethic, motivation in academics, and his prioritizing in his schedule, um, I'd say 99% is probably him uh, or you. And uh, he knows what he has to do, what he wants to do in order to reach certain goals, whether it be in swimming or his academics or whatever he is working on. And, um, you know, sometimes, a couple times over the years, we'd have to say, you know, go ahead and go to that party. You know, mm-hmm. just maybe just leave a little earlier because you have 5.30 practice or something, mm-hmm. you know, and other times <laughs> you absolutely could not go. But mm-hmm. it's, it's important to, for us to see him definitely have some downtime, even if it's just a little bit squeezed in here and there mm-hmm. um, in between events and his training. Uh, it's important. But I'd have to say most of his scheduling and, like I said, time management and priorities um, are all laid out by him himself. So he makes it easy for us. <laughs> it's definitely tough going to like you know like after prom to like oh. 1 a.m and then yeah. going to the 5 30 morning oh, practice oh, okay. that was tough and then like going to the church lock-in uh-huh. uh just the other day i had to fall asleep at like four o'clock in the morning because i had seven o'clock practice oh, yeah. so that one was also a tough one yeah. yeah wow but part of it is you learn how to tough through the stuff you know something is worth it to you and so I've seen you sort of say okay so I'm going to do this so this other thing might be different than it would otherwise be but it's important to do more than one thing right yeah 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 Yeah. that's really good and even if there's an event that you know he thinks he might have to miss we'll say go for a little while yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do what you can you'll you'll miss maybe the main part of it but just go say hello spend some time and then get back on track with your schedule so it's We learn a balance. Okay, so when it comes specifically to college athletics and people who are really looking in that direction but saying, wow, I just don't even know how this works, what what advice would you give people? What can you tell people to sort of boil the process down? Like did you, you you mentioned that your your times were automatically um, uploaded to college. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Were there other things that you had to do? Did you have to how did you make it happen to get colleges to look at you? So I, um, a big part of it was traveling to some of these national competitions because um, colleges will be there and they'll have recruiters up in the stands watching. And usually they'll, um, they'll highlight up-and-coming swimmers in their programs and uh, be sure to watch them while they're swimming. And so I'm pretty sure that there were some recruiters that watched me during... Um, like before they were able to contact you because they have to wait till junior year to contact you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So they're watching while you're younger than that, but then it's not till junior year that they're allowed to make contact. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. you're not going to find them at many of the local meets. Like, But if you're going to those national and junior national competitions, they'll, you'll, you'll be able to see like a section of the stands that are just filled with uh, college recruiters. Like they look a little bit different than the rest yeah. of the crowd. <laughs> they yeah, usually have that. like a hat on a or like board, and right? a coffee and a clipboard. <laughs> yeah. And then like um, I posted a couple of videos on YouTube, just like oh, yeah. um, 
to give colleges a feel of what my technique looks like if they weren't able to come out and look at me. Oh, great. Um, but other than that, uh, they really did a lot of it because, uh, like, as soon as they were able to contact me, there was, like, it's like a day. Uh, it was, like, September 1st or in, like, 2016, my junior year, that, like, I just got, like, 40 emails from different colleges because that was the day that they were allowed to contact me. Right. So in a sport where everything is about your individual performance and it's all timed, and it, it would probably be really similar to what you're experiencing. So if you're a runner or hurdler mm-hmm. or something like that, and then for, I would assume for, for team athletes, it's probably a kind of different process because you don't show the same way. Yeah, right? I mean, I'm not, not sure how that works, team. like football yeah. or lacrosse. Yeah, we'll have to find somebody different. who's, who's yeah. gone on to play team sports and just find out what kinds of things you have to think yeah. of. Before. A lot of times if it's a team sport, the coach and the organization has already probably worked with other athletes that have gone on to college, and so they're probably kind of coaching you not only on your sport, but also but on, on the process. process. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right, so best advice beyond working really hard and being passionate about your sport from either mom or swimmer. What, what do you tell people to do? Well, I think the first thing what you just said is perfect. Definitely keep your passion, you know, keep, keep feeding your passion. The passion's going to be there already um, and work hard. Um, and as Jake said, you know, if, if you are a passionate athlete in swimming or whatever it is, you've already made a path for yourself wherever that sport has taken you. And and recruiters in colleges will probably have heard of you, have seen you, maybe watched you. Um, so just to keep doing your very best in all of that. And also, for us, a big help was it was learning about the process. Like, each sport is different, but, you know, for swimming, to learn about how does the recruiting process work before it really starts. Because there are certain requirements, there's deadlines, there's regulations of what you can do, what you can't do as far as correspondence and communication with colleges. Um, on their side too, they have their their boundaries as well. So the more we learned about that before it hit, it was so helpful to know what to expect and what to do and what not to do because um, it, it was overwhelming. It was, I mean, it was a good thing. It was a blessing. He was swamped with, with interest and offers, but the more we learned, ahead of time, the better we were able to handle it and take it all in. Um, also, he had to uh, set up a, his own portal with NCAA Eligibility Center, oh, yes. which I guess for most any sport, uh-huh. you'd want to do that. So they have their own profile to do, and um, that's where you get your core classes. All that has to be approved, and we're very thankful all of our administration and teachers had paved the way with that and getting his courses approved. So that's something to really keep on top of. Right early on too, just so there are no surprises. Um, And also I guess the big thing too, when when coaches could start to correspond with him, whether it was email or texting until they could actually speak on the phone or face to face, um, it was really important for him to, which he did great at, but to keep up with the communication Mm -hmm. as it came in and not let it pile up too much, but also be be prompt in his responses and have questions ready um, and really have done research and and know about the schools that are looking at him and also know especially, you know, what his favorite schools were, you know, that that popped up as great potentials. Um, And also not always, it's exciting to, to have the athletic recruiting process, you know, happen in front of your eyes like that, but you have to remember from the start 
look at the academic side mm -hmm. just as strong. Don't let the athleticism take over what your career choice might right. potentially be in the future. So we learned early to look at both both things in a balance. So um, yes, and visiting. Visiting was huge. We, we did pretty well. We, we visited all over the country. I wish we'd started maybe a year earlier. Ah, so advice. even as in freshmen, we visited a few places, but um, I think if we had had more time and opportunity, a few extra visits to fit in even early, earlier than we expected to do, are very helpful. Yes, yeah. So we learned a lot. How about yeah. you? Um, for advice, I'd say like the college recruiting process can be very stressful, and I wouldn't let that take away from your sport or your passion for it. Mm. You should remember that in the end, it's not all just about like swimming for college and stuff if you're not having fun while doing it. Um, so like I just say, try to relax and know that it's gonna work out in the end, and um, you know just to remember to keep on having fun while you're doing what you love. Beautiful advice. That's, great advice. That's, yeah. that's just good life advice for anybody, whether they're <laughs> athletic or not. It's, when you're passionate about something, you, you need to not let life suck the joy out of it. Exactly. And that's, that's great. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a great place to end it, I think, because it's, uh, it's just... It's a really good, well-rounded look at it. So I hope this has been helpful for uh, helpful and hopeful. You know, <laughs> Harvard swimming is a pretty hopeful thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, we hope that this has been helpful for families who have an athlete and who are looking at the possibilities of um, college recruitment process and all of that fitting in with homeschool high school. And so thank you very much to you two for being here and sharing your experience and your wisdom. Thanks for having Thanks for us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. And if you have uh, experiences in your homeschools with, with athletics and with college recruiting processes and the regulations and making all of that somehow fit together, we would love to hear from you. So leave some um, comments on the Homeschool High School podcast Facebook page. would be a really wonderful place to put them. And share your experience, too. So thank you for joining us. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. 